All right, so let's jump into let's jump into Halloween Shadowworks. So, uh, some of you have seen I've probably posted a few videos from a guy named Morg, who is on the internet. Um, kind of an interesting guy, interesting character. I get chastised. Last time I put some of Morg's content on my Facebook page, I had people coming out chastising me for promoting his philosophy, his religion, which is called Hyperionism. Uh, and so I just want to be on the record and say, you know, I've probably watched maybe, maybe eight whole videos from Morg in my entire life. Uh, and I like a lot of his content. I like a lot of what he says. A lot of what he says resonates with me. Having said that, I don't know enough about him. I know almost nothing about Hyperionism. And um, I don't know what the fruit of that is going to be in somebody's life. So I'm certainly not trying to promote Hyperionism. And I'm not a follower of it or a follower of Morg. But... He did put out a video about Halloween, and I watched about five minutes of it, and something grabbed me. Uh, he talked about using this time from October 31st until January 1st as what he calls the shadow season, and using it to focus and do some shadow work. And those that haven't heard me teach about that, I'm talking about a spiritual path, a path of spirituality, one that is focused primarily on community, the other one that's focused, the right-hand path. The left-hand path primarily focused on self-development, which then allows you to really give your highest and best self to your community. And most people have a blend of those two things, even though philosophically they're diametrically opposed. But what's still popular in our society and in our culture is this... Um, all light, being all light, all love, all the time, all high vibration, all the time. And we want to spiritually bypass what we have judged and valued and perceived as negative emotional experiences or negative human experiences. That's a judgment. So it, it's interesting because the, the same group that will tell you that you need to not judge, that we need to lose all sense of judgment, that judgment is at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and that's where the pain is, uh, will then turn around, I, I think unconsciously, without realizing it, and place value judgments on experiences, vibrations, emotions, various different things. And so what happens is, is we end up trying to spiritually bypass about 50% of human experience. And I'm going to say 50% because I do think that when you look at the universe, you look at creation, and if we can look at creation to understand the creator, and if we can understand the dimension, realm, destiny, whatever you want, uh, density, whatever you want to call it, that you're living in right now, that you and I are living in right now, there is a balance. There is a balance between darkness and light. Just talked about it. Uh, June 20, 20th, 21st is the... Uh, Longest day of the year. The sun is out the longest. December 21st balances that out by the sun being out the shortest time and darkness being the longest time. You've got the equinoxes, which comes from the word equality or balance. So we aren't living in a world or a realm where there it, it's only sunshine and there is no more night and no more sea like the... The book of Revelation talks about the, the, you know, the new heaven and the new earth. There will be no more sea. Sea in the ancient world was uh, an archetype for uncontrollable chaotic forces <coughs> or the forces that they deemed evil. 
and night, obviously, the power of darkness and all that kind of stuff. So I just want to talk about this idea within ourselves that we need to be balanced. Uh, that that is the goal. See, I think that's the goal that we should be striving for is to find this equilibrium and this balance within ourselves. Not denying the darkness and not necessarily trying to take all of the darkness and change it into light or looking at what people call the lower nature, the higher nature, uh, the spiritual nature and the earthly uh, nature, the natural nature. They call it the lower nature. I would just say they're different natures. And for people that, you know, have never experienced anything but their humanity, when they begin to experience genuine spirituality, something that's genuinely uh, uh, a different experience that's coming from above, whatever that is, where they make contact with their higher self, whether they experience uh, energy that they haven't felt before, uh, whether they have some kind of a spiritual experience, a astral projection, or they witness a legitimate healing or miracle or they get a uh, uh, you know law of attraction answer to prayer however you want to look at it and because that energy is different then it can become very very enticing um, <clears throat> if you have an addictive personality a lot of people have an addictive personality and you'll just get addicted to spiritual experiences. Some people just want to bypass the human experience, the unpleasantness of the human experience. And so they will use their spirituality in order to not deal and not cope with things that are going on in this realm that are coming up that need to be addressed in this life. And so there's lots of reasons, right, that people try to just shun and do away with the darker sides of our personality. Um, <clears throat> lots of reasons. <laughs> but imbalance is, is never going to lead to real quality experience or lasting long-term spiritual, mental, and emotional health. Um, Shannon says, she says, it can't be done. I tried. The shadow will wake you up in the night. Yes. It must be a balance. Polarity is doing away with the darkness is what is off about the place I find myself in. So, so yeah. So one of the things that I was going to use, but um, I was having so much trouble with technology, I didn't have a chance to look it up. But you can check it out. I think one of the best examples from the Bible, <clears throat> the stories in the Bible that we have of shadow work being done, is Jacob wrestling with the angel by the river Jabbok. And the interesting thing is, is that the battle and at twilight um, and so what I advocate for is like let's don't be let's don't try to be all love and light because if we do that we're making a serious mistake let's don't just try to keep raising our vibration and stay in joy all the time um, because that's a deception that's that's not the goal and so what I advocate for is a blending and balancing of the polarities that are within us to understand that I have these uh, heightened spiritual potentials, incredible potential for love and compassion as a human being, incredible attention, uh, uh, potential for self-sacrifice, which would be like right-hand path. I should be using my right hand here, which would be like right-hand path values because it works towards the benefit of the community. <clears throat> but then we also have these dark 
darker polarities. And if you don't think you have those darker polarities, then you're classically, in what psychologists have identified and talked about, you are in some form, you have some form of a psychological, often than not, <clears throat> the psychological defense mechanism that starts to work in us is projection. We take the darkness that's in us and we project it onto the world. If you want to watch an interesting documentary and you have uh, HBO, I think it's on HBO Max, but you might be able to find it other places too. It's called 15 Minutes of Shame. It's produced by Monica Lewinsky and uh, <clears throat> then a, a video filmographer or producer. Uh, but it's, it, there's some fascinating stuff in there. It'll make you sick. It made me want to rethink everything that I'm doing on social media. <clears throat> made me examine myself. It's a good place to start in this shadow work season that I'm going to go into. But one of the studies that was shown that was really interesting, they did a psychological study where they <clears throat> measured facial expressions that reflected joy and happiness. So the the size of your smile, what your eyes did, various different facial expression changes. And they did this over in Europe, and they showed really devout football fans, European football or soccer, soccer fans, um, their favorite team scoring goals. And they would measure the degree of happiness on their faces. And then they took the same group of people and they measured and, and they showed them uh, their most hated rival team getting scored on or making mistakes or messing up. And what they found out was that people got more joy out of watching the other team mess up than they got out of watching their own team do well. And so there's this whole thing that social media is unveiling <clears throat> that as human beings, as a species, we really do gravitate towards the negative and we can find a lot of pleasure in the uh, downfall, hardship, mishaps of people that we don't like or people that we're envious of. I would venture to guess that most of that, the reason for most of that, is because we don't do our shadow work. In other words, these things are lurking in our sh in our shadows, uh, where we like to see um, people fail. We like to hear juicy gossip stories, um, all kinds of various different things, right? But we, if we are trying too hard to deny those aspects of ourselves because we have this pressure on us or this belief system that we just need to be love and light, then what's going to happen to us is that we are going to suppress those shadow parts even deeper, and then we're going to get into projection. And projection ultimately leads to violence, whether it's social media violence and social media bullying, verbal violence that's coming out, mob crowd type of violence or we just are violent against ourselves because uh, like 
the interior thing that's going on. Like, if you're not allowed to get angry, somebody pisses you off, and you don't express that in some way in certain contexts. I'm careful how I put this, because I'm, I'm not giving you a license to just go out and be an asshole all the time. <laughs> but what will happen oftentimes if you walk away from that conflict you don't express it that stuff's going to end up turning inward and it can show up as depression it can show up if you do it too much it can show up in your body with uh, all kinds of various different ailments uh, because of the stress that that puts on us so again what I'm advocating for again is not transforming the anger into joy so you never get angry again, angry again, or transforming hate into love so you never feel hate again. What I'm saying is that as a divine human, these are aspects of our nature, aspects of reality, and we are judging them if we call them bad. If we call one better than the other, we're making a value judgment. And so, and we all make value judgments. It's okay to make value judgments. I'm not value judging you for making value judgments. <laughs> like, you can't ever totally rid yourself of making judgments because it's just part of life, right? But, but hopefully you get, you get a little bit about what I'm saying. So Halloween then is a time that the celebration can release some of the shadow tension. See, if, if we just turn Halloween into Hallelujah Night, <laughs> I remember we're taking the kids just a couple years ago, or maybe even it was last year, we're taking the kids, you know, trunk or treating, because um, it seems like nobody does trick or treating anymore, which is a shame. So we're taking them trunk or treating, and, um, and so all these churches, you know, in our community are doing the trunk or treating. And we go into this one, and they have a heaven house. Instead of a haunted house, they have a heaven house. It's all decorated, really feminine. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But it's obviously the ladies that decorated it. Um, with all the pastels and frilly, lacy things. And then you had, your characters were angels. And I think you might have had Jesus and Mary in there somewhere. And so I'm like, in heaven on Halloween. I don't want to be in heaven on Halloween. I'd rather go to your hell house. Remember when they used to do that, the hell houses? They would they would depict scenes of hell and try to scare the hell out of you. And then at the end, you'd get a track or something, and they'd say, if you died tonight, do you know where you'd be going? Like, I'd, I'd rather, if you're going to do something alternative, show me a hell house on Halloween. Don't show me a heaven house. <laughs> And I just thought to myself, they have ruined, they have ruined Halloween. <laughs> These Hallelujah Nights have ruined Halloween. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but, it, so it's, it's a way that we can kind of embrace that, right? It, it makes it safe. Uh, it's one day out of the year that it's safe to embrace all that, uh, maybe all, all that, that darkness, fear, blood, gore, violence, all, all that stuff that's probably part of our character. No, nah, not probably. It's definitely part of our characters. <laughs> and it gives us a chance to get in touch with that and feel that and connect with that and connect with that energy. And um, 
And I think that can be a really good and healthy healthy thing. But it's a very limited catharsis. (laughs) I mean, one of the reasons violence sells, one of the reasons horror movie sells, one of the reasons pornography sells is because people don't do their shadow work. They don't know their shadow. They aren't friends with their shadow. They haven't integrated and balanced their shadow. And so movies, sporting events, uh, social media, you know, being able to lash out at people on social media gives us a uh, an outlet for that stuff. So that's just evidence that the popularity of that kind of thing is just evidence that that's part of who we are as human beings. And I would encourage you to not set yourself apart. <clears throat> I mean, you want to talk about the ego deceiving you. Uh, don't set yourselves so much apart from your fellow brothers and sisters and human beings that you think that you watched some classes and uh, read some books and attended some seminars and whatever, and that you have now been, you know, awakened to this heightened state that's just better than everybody else. That's just spiritual ego. So, <clears throat> sneaking in on you. So, anyway, so back to this. So, <laughs> so how do we do this? Well, <clears throat> start with the parts of you that you know that are in you that you don't like. There, there are aspects of our nature, um, psychologically speaking. Carl Jung was the master at this. There are aspects of our nature that... And, and by the way, the the tarot system of spirituality brings this out as well in the moon card. Um, <clears throat> if anybody's interested, uh, the moon card talks about a phase of the deep, deep, deep shadow work and all the self-deception and stuff that goes with that. <clears throat> and then it's in psychology as well that there are aspects of our nature that we don't, we're not aware of that are part of the shadow self, that are part of the sinister shadow self. Now, keep in mind, what's in your shadow can also be uh, what, uh, if, if you've ever seen the Jahari window, I don't know if anybody on here has ever seen the Jahari window, uh, but it talks about these areas of the known spot, the hidden spot, and it talks about your unknown spot. <clears throat> And it's this whole diagram about self-disclosure and wholeness and integration and communication. It's a communication model. But anyway, enough about the jury window. <laughs> if you know about it, this will make sense to you. But part of what's in the darkness is what in the Jahari window they call the unknown spot, which is your unknown potential. Um, maybe I had the potential to be a great pianist or um, violinist or something like that. I would never know, because I was never interested in that, exposed to that, or never developed that. So that's just one example. Um, <clears throat> I know I didn't have great potential to be an awesome singer. <laughs> but maybe I could have been some other kind of a musician, right? Um, <clears throat> so... That's an example, something of your potential that you didn't know about yourself. A lot of spiritual capacities, this is why shadow work is so important to spiritual potential and developing spiritual potential because 
your spiritual potentials and my spiritual potentials are in the dark right now uh, for a lot of us. And when you're starting out to in a spiritual journey and developing those spiritual potentials, they're in the dark. And even as developed as you think your spiritual potential may be right now, as actualized as you may think your spiritual potential is right now, I guarantee you there's that's just the tip of the iceberg, that there's so much more immersed in darkness. So in order for that stuff to come up and be brought to light, you have to do, you have to go into the darkness. In order for anything creative to take place, you have to enter the darkness and the chaos of Genesis 1, where in the beginning, there's just chaos and nothing's taken shape or form. You're just looking at a chaotic sea of potentials and everything's dark. You can't really structure creatively a new life for yourself until you go into the darkness of that chaos. So that's stuff that can be in there as well. We also have a sinister side that we block out. Uh, <clears throat> and thank God, right? I mean, uh, we've learned to block out our sinister side, what uh, Sigmund Freud called the id, which he said was made up of two drives to create and destroy, or procreate and destroy. And so your id, unchecked, would basically want to screw everything in sight and kill everything in sight uh, at the same time. I mean, that, that would be like if the fullness of that potential was released. And so the truth is we have those aspects of our nature as well. And some of that, like the more sinister aspects of that, psychologists would say, the tarot system would say, the hermetic system would say, are hidden in the darkness. And that's what a lot of the dark night of the soul is about. Mystics have known about this for years. If you read about the Catholic mystics, they not only went through the night of the soul, but they would also go through what they would call the night of spirit. And they would, uh, Trace of Avila and John of the Cross, and um, they would talk about being tempted by the devil. Um, uh, what's the guy's name? The first of the Desert Fathers. I think he was called Abba Anthony, who started the monastic system. <clears throat> he talked about going out into the wilderness and being tormented by the worst and most powerful kinds of temptations to do just sinister, horrible stuff. Probably wasn't a devil sitting there tempting him, more than likely. He was just so much focused on the interior life and the interior journey that he got down to those deeper depths of the night of the spirit or those depths it got all the way over into that darkness polarity um, so anyway I hope that kind of makes sense to you obviously I'm not talking about doing that kind of work we can start our shadow work by just acknowledging the parts of ourselves that we don't like to admit to ourselves by acknowledging uh, the parts of us that we've judged so for example if you're in a spiritual system that's right hand path only then you think that you should be oneness, love, light, joy, peace, harmony, all the time. Uh, you've got a lot of shadow work to do. <laughs> you've been suppressing a lot of stuff. Um, because, again, that's just not the world we live in. It's just not reality. It's not the goal. Um, I mean, if you're on the right-hand path, it's the goal. And if you want to completely lose yourself and all sense of identity, 
that's where the right-hand path is leading you. It's, it's interesting that you can compare the right-hand path and the left-hand path. The ancient terminology for it and understanding for it had to do with the day and the night or the sun and the moon, so that the right-hand path was an ascension into the heavens that went through the sun and burned you completely up, uh, completely destroyed you. Uh, so you would go through the sun, burn up, and just become one, essentially, with the universe. And that's eh, getting into stuff that I don't need to. I was going to go into the... Never mind. Leave that alone. But that's the idea. So you can think about the right-hand path as the, the path of the day. Uh, and going up <clears throat> through the sun, burning up, poof, you're gone. Uh, and that's the divine masculine, by the way. The sun represented the masculine divine energy. Nighttime represents the feminine energy, um, and it, uh, it, it represents the ascension of the star, that you are a star, that you don't go through the sun and become destroyed and become a part of everything, but you become a star that's running your own course in life and doing your true will. And that's happening through the darkness, embracing the darkness and the path of the divine feminine. Just thought I'd throw that out there. <clears throat> so what I'm saying is, if you want to just be right-hand path only, then that leads to just the loss, the complete loss of self. Um, so. <clears throat> so just start with the parts of you that you have denied that you ha have judged or not allowed presence in your life. Um, could be fear, could be trauma, could be anger, could be shame, could be sensuality, could be anything, right? Anything that you um, have said and judged, this is not a permissible emotional experience for me to have. This is not a permissible interior experience for me to have. <clears throat> so you can start there, and you can start by being present with those parts of yourselves and giving compassion to those parts of yourselves. So there may be parts of you that have really made mistakes. There may be parts of you that... Um, you're ashamed of different periods in your life maybe something happened in your life where you made a mistake and you were publicly shamed for it or ashamed in your family for it because that's that's how this stuff becomes repressed because society doesn't allow or permit for uh, permit these things and so they become repressed they become shoved down and if they become shoved down too much then there's like an explosion usually of really dark, sinister stuff that happens, right? So the the odd thing is, is that by, even if you are aware of some of the more sinister aspects of your own nature, the interesting thing is, is that if you um, open up to that and you examine that from a place of compassion and curiosity, so in other words, you're maintaining a state internally of self-compassion, and curiosity, what's this about, and be compassionate towards it, then 
those parts of you can emerge, they can come up into consciousness, and then they become they can become balanced and they can become integrated in a way that works for you and your highest good and a way that allows you to express your true will. Now, I do believe that we are all divine, that we have a divine spark uh, within us, that we are all aspects of one divine presence that has manifested in incredibly, probably infinite diversities and experiences. <clears throat> so your true will, then, is the divine will. <laughs> our problem is we're not doing our true will, oftentimes because we haven't explored the shadow, and the shadow is tripping us up, messing us up, or we're imbalanced too much one way or the other. So whatever it is, you drink too much, you eat too much, um... I'm trying to think about stuff that we shame. Um, if you have some other ideas, you can throw them out there in the comments. <clears throat> but uh, be aware of those parts. And you can use some phrases to help you be compassionate. This also is me. So, yeah, I can be a loving, fun, compassionate human being. And I can bite your head off at the same time. This also is me. This part of me that can ruthlessly go after something or someone. Uh, if I get too angry about a situation, this also is me. Or even though, or not even though, um, yeah. This also is me. <laughs> I, I lost the other phrase I was going to give you. Um, but the idea is that you explore these parts of yourself and you're able to truly love and accept these parts of yourself. And then a new self can really begin to emerge from that. So I'll be doing some more stuff on shadow work as we go into this season. I think it would be interesting to do. But... Uh, if you haven't done shadow work, Christ Christina says uh, shadow work is fairly new to me. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, this doesn't get talked about a lot at all. Um, so there are some resources and stuff out there. Um, and like I said, I'll talk about some of the stuff. There's a lot of just shallow work, not shadow work, too, because it doesn't go deep enough or get real enough. At least for me. <clears throat> so just having compassion, not judging parts of the human experience. The unpleasant parts, we don't judge them as bad or wrong or something to be eliminated. Um, it can be, in the case of trauma, something that needs to be healed. It can be um, something that does need to be transformed. Uh, again, in the case usually of like trauma or fear, so for example, if you have a phobia of spiders... <clears throat> maybe exploring that phobia, where does that come from, how did this get started in me, and that might become transformed and improve your quality of life so that you're not afraid of spiders. So there certainly is aspects of transformation and transmutation and getting rid of things, but the goal shouldn't be 
to always have these higher level vibrational experiences because, again, I'm just going to say it, then you're spiritually bypassing. So maybe make a list. Maybe sit down and make a list. What emotional experiences were you allowed to express in your home? And what emotional experiences were you not allowed to express in your home? That'll give you some ideas where your shadow parts may be lurking in the depths of your psyche and the depths of your consciousness. Um, sometimes just doing automatic writing where you just sit down with a piece of paper and a pencil and you start writing, uh, I want to explore my shadow self and then just see what comes out as you're writing uh, without judging it, without editing it, without censoring it. Nobody else has to see it. Uh, if you're going to a therapist, you might want to show it to your therapist. Um, so anyway, I hope this was helpful. It's it's good to be back. For those of you that might have missed it, um, I'll probably won't. Uh, I'll probably just um, do a few more up until the week before Thanksgiving, and then I plan on taking um, from Thanksgiving into the New Year uh, completely away from social media. Uh, that's my plan anyway. So anyway, it's great to be back. Thanks for jumping on. Uh, thanks for being patient with me. I'm going to be thinking about new content that I want to put out or or content that I want to amplify and expand upon. So if you have any suggestions for that, you can put it in the comments. If you're watching by replay, thanks for joining me. Uh, thanks, everybody, for watching. Uh, I'm going to try and figure out how to turn this off correctly. I hope this came out okay without uh, technical difficulties, but uh, we'll see. Anyway, God bless you guys. Happy Halloween. Have a great Halloween.